Hello guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room with your host, Tessa Zolli. I am here with a special guest, owner of Carly Lauren Aesthetics and licensed esthetician, Carly Lauren. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tess. I'm so excited to be here. Seriously, like I, it's crazy. I used to listen to your podcast even before I became an esthetician and now not even a year later, I'm on here with you. And I just feel so honored because all of the guests that you have are absolutely amazing. And so thank you for this opportunity. And I hope that we can really share some good information for everybody out there today because I know how much it helped me on my journey. So I'm excited to be here with you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Yeah. And I, I see so much potential in you, Carly. I know we met through my my mentorship program. Obviously, you don't need me now anymore. And I'm just so proud of you. And I feel like this will be such a valuable episode for estheticians listening because, of course, there are seasoned people who have been in the business, you know, 15, 20 years. But for you, this journey is very fresh and you're making it look so graceful. And I'm sure it's not as easy behind the scenes, but you're doing an amazing job. And I just know since since you've just navigated this process of opening your own business, it's kind of the perfect time to share more about your journey. And I think that will be very, very helpful to other estheticians in the same position. Would you like to kick us off by telling us, tell us a little bit about your business first, and then could you tell us kind of how you got into aesthetics and what your journey was to get here? Yeah, of course. So my business, like you said, it's called Carly Lauren Aesthetics. I honestly didn't know what to name it at first, so I went with my own name, and that was the first thing that came to mind, but really um, my goal is to just provide results-driven skincare treatments to people and help them to feel their best, and I'm really focused on correcting skin concerns. I'm not um, as much of like a fluffy, relaxing spa like some places, which is amazing too, but I'm more focused on getting results, and then I also do brows, so brow lamination and tinting is my thing too because I'm such a perfectionist and it's just so much fun. So those are the two things I'm focused on. But some of the services that I offer for skincare are hydrofacial, chemical peels, and acne boot camp. So I'm really focused on looking at somebody as a whole person and getting to the root of their skin concerns instead of kind of having them come in like maybe once a year, just for a relaxing facial, I'm more focused on setting people up with good treatment plans and getting results. So that's kind of about my business. And how I got started was I actually, an esthetician wasn't the first career I had in mind of having for my life. I went to college, I'm down here in Florida. So I went to a college called Florida Gulf Coast University. And there I went into school to study nursing because I knew with whatever I wanted to do, I just wanted to help people. And so I thought that would be the perfect thing because I love science and health. So combining those two things together, I thought would be perfect. Um, But throughout my college years, actually it took me until my senior year to realize that 
nursing wasn't the field that I wanted to be in. And I noticed that there were other ways I could help people without being in the hospital and in a more uplifting and positive way. And so I decided it was best for me to take a step back from that. And I changed my major to health science. So I graduated with a bachelor's in health science. And then at that point, I was kind of just lost. And that was around the time when I actually found your podcast and I was started listening to you. I used to be like a social media manager for a Plato's closet during college. And so I would drive like 30 minutes there and back and I would always have your podcast on and I'm like this sounds like (laughs) I was like this sounds like something I'd be so interested in doing and I'm like this Mm -hmm. girl has become successful and honestly like for my whole life I always loved beauty and stuff and even I considered being a hairdresser and everything and the thought would always cross my mind but I'm like I can never make enough money out of that. I feel like people look Mm -hmm. at the beauty industry as like something that you do when you're not as intelligent or as Mm -hmm. like a last resort type of thing. And so that's how I almost saw it for so long. And so I felt like I'd be a failure by doing that almost. So Mm -hmm. that's what kind of led me to college. But then I realized like you can be a nurse and some people are so, so happy at it, but I really just want to be happy at the end of the day and help people. So I graduated school last May, so it hasn't even really been a year, and then I went to esthetician school straight out of there, and in Florida, it only takes about three months, which is crazy, but all the learning happens outside of school, which we know, so I graduated from esthetician school last August, and then right out of there, I got my first job working at a spa, and that was when I learned like all the medical grade type of skincare stuff, like hydrofacial, peels, microneedling, everything more advanced. And I also did some brows there. So that's how I kind of gained interest in that. And then from there, I kind of got to narrow down what I like doing the most, um, things about a business that I would want to bring into my own business in the future, because it was always a goal in the back of my mind. But I never really thought it would happen this soon. I'm only Mm -hmm. 22. So it's like, it was, it's kind of crazy. But I think (laughs) just having a good first job to learn a lot and soak in anything, whether it be good or bad, and just learn from that experience was so helpful for me. So now I'm here and I started in February, I opened my doors at the end and it's only been a couple months, but it's been amazing. And so much more successful than I really thought it would be at first, but I've been blown away. So I'm really excited to kind of give a little bit of insight because I know how confusing it was for me. And that's why I initially mm-hmm. made a coaching mm-hmm. call with you because it's, yes. it's insane, but yeah. Yes. So and Carly, in terms of making that transition from nursing, which, you know, is a, a pretty, I guess you could say, secure, more laid out path versus aesthetics where you can absolutely be successful, but it's more, I'd say, on you. (laughs) Did you face any challenges either personally or, you know, being around family or anybody else who kind of had the impression you were going to school to become a nurse? Yeah, so I honestly... Looking back, I think it was more myself that I made up that whole like, 
Well, it's not made up because I feel like it's kind of a common thought that people have about trade schools and stuff. But I thought that I would feel more accomplished if I were to become a nurse. And I felt that it was a respected field and that it was secure. And I knew like, okay, I'd be making this amount. And I'm like, that would be a good path. But I, my family actually were the ones that encouraged me to go to esthetician school because they knew long before I even knew that I would really love all of this stuff. And just, I've always been about beauty and makeup since I was so young. And so my mom would always tell me like, Carly, you can still be successful. And if, if you actually enjoy something, you'll be more successful at it. And I was like, you're right. Like I know. And so it came down to like mental health because with nursing, it takes a toll and it takes a very special person to handle the burden of that every single day. Like my older sister's a nurse. And so Mm -hmm. I've watched her go through it and I thought that it would be great for me, but it really is not for everyone. Like any career, you kind of just have to figure out what works for you. But I think Mm -hmm. not having a set salary or income and schedule is kind of difficult at first in aesthetics. Um, But I found it to honestly be a benefit because you're not capped at a certain salary. You don't have to be there certain hours every day. I don't have to work on Christmas. Like that's a huge sacrifice in the healthcare field. So yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. I love that your mom was such a positive source of encouragement for you. I feel like not everyone has parents who can understand that vision, but I love that she told you as long as you're happy, you can really make your own success. And I agree with her. And I used to think like you too, Carly, I I used to think, you know, it's better to have this secure, secure job that's laid out for me because there's just so much unknown that comes with being an esthetician and being a business owner. But now that I'm in that side kind of with you, I also love that we have more flexibility. We can make more money, you know, based on performance and, and, you know, focusing on certain services or, you know, what might be bringing in money for your spa. But that flexibility is pretty priceless. Oh yeah, totally. Like I, I always think about that. I'm like, whenever I get stressed out too, I kind of bring myself back and I'm like, okay, do you realize (laughs) how nice and lucky it is for you to be able to work for yourself? Like there's so much more responsibility that comes with owning your own business. But at the same time, I feel like all the freedom is so worth it. Seriously, I would not trade it for the world. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. And there are just pluses and minuses to different, different careers. So in terms of, you know, the steps you took for opening your own doors after, you know, making the decision to go to school, working in a spa for a little bit, opening your own place, I know we've promised everyone we would go through almost like a checklist with you. And there was so much interest in this episode, Carly, because yeah, you're doing something that a lot of estheticians would like to do, but you know, it's it's a little bit vague and there's not a ton of, uh, I'd say like, there's not a, a guideline per se that's a checklist like this. So I'm really looking forward to going through that with you. What were some of the steps that you took in terms of 
opening up your own space? Okay, so the first thing I did when I officially got the guts to decide I was going to do this, because that took me a minute too, but honestly, it's like, and I kind of get that question off, and it's like, how are you ready? Or like, when do you feel ready? And I think the most important thing I've learned is like, with anything that you do in life or like a big change that you have to make a decision for, I think you can't think of the entire picture as a whole. Like you can't think, oh, am I ready to be a business owner? And am I ready to be in business for like five years from now and encounter all of these obstacles? I don't think you're ready from the beginning. And if you were, then you wouldn't learn anything along the way. So I think all you have to be ready for is like the first step that you have to take. So that I wish I would have known that when I started, and this was only a few months ago, but I wish I would have had that in my mind because I was so overwhelmed and you get so overwhelmed to the point where you're like paralyzed and you don't make that first step and you contemplate it for like years. And so I think you just have to be ready for the first step. So I guess I'll kind of walk you through like the actual legal things and everything like that first to get it set up. And then of course we can go into like how I chose services, marketing, all that fun stuff too. But the beginning isn't that bad, I guess. (laughs) So, so I think um, the first thing that I did, I decided on my business name. So like I said before, a little bit like it, I, kind of went back and forth between having it not associated with my name, but also the first thought in my mind was just to have it my name. So that's what I went with. Um, A lot of people do choose something vague because if you have the desire to grow in the future, they kind of, and hire more estheticians or whatever. Some people think that it might be better to have a more vague name, which is cool. Um, But for me, I just... I don't know. Personally, I feel like people come to you for you. And so if you put your name on something, they associate it with the quality you're giving them or the person that you are. And so I just thought that it would be okay to do that off the bat. So I went with my name. Yeah, so I did that. All you have to do is for Florida, it's called sunbiz.org. And I'm assuming it's just like a registration website every state will have their own but that's how you register your business name and they'll tell you if somebody else already has it or whatever and you'll have to kind of pick from there too and you renew that every five years and then after that I was kind of trying to decide where to have my business so I ended up in a salon suite I'm in Sola salons it's a chain so they have them like across I think the United States, they have them. And it's a really good start, I would say, for any business owner like in the beauty industry, even hairstylist too, because all you have to do is pay the rent and you come and go as you please. It's open 24 hours a day. There's really nothing else that I worry about besides paying the rent. And they're very accommodating to me. Like They're always there if I need help, but really you're on your own, but you don't have to worry about that extra aspect of like, in having an inspection done on a building or taking care of the building itself yet. It's kind of a good introduction to kind of keep that weight off of your shoulders. So I chose a salon suite. And then um, after that, I had to apply to get my EIN number. And this is going to be key for 
like everything that you do legally for your business, you're going to need this employee identify employer identification number, and it's your federal tax ID number. So you get that from the IRS. And then after that, I opened my business bank account, which I highly recommend because it, you're going to have so many expenses, especially in the very beginning. You'll want to keep it separate from your personal bank account. Obviously, you'll probably need to put money into the business account from your personal to get you started, but definitely keep that separate so you could track your expenses easier. Yes, um, I think that's such a great Great, great point, Carly. It makes life so much easier. And we'll get to taxes a little bit later, but the question I have been getting a lot for Carly is, you know, how do you do your taxes? A big piece of that is keeping the money separate. So just like Carly suggested, day one, get that separate bank account. Maybe you want a credit card too. And that way you are not merging your personal and your business expenses, which, you know, it's okay. It does happen sometimes. And if you do have an accountant, which we'll also talk about, they can, you know, backtrack and filter those things out. But just to save everyone time, which is also your time paying paying for the accountant. Um, so it's just best to keep them, keep them separate. Yeah, for sure. Because... Even like before I opened the business bank account, I was using my regular card. And then later it made it a lot harder, even when I hired my account, because we had to go through everything. But yeah, I'd say, yeah. So (laughs) off the bat, get yourself a business bank account for sure. It's going to help you a lot in the future. So um, after I did that, I got my business license. I didn't even know I had to have a business license and I was about to open and my accountant told me, do you have a business license? And I was like, uh, no, I thought I only had to have tax licenses. She was like, no, you need a business license. I was like, oh, okay. So then I had to get that. It's just a lot of stuff. So I'm glad we're kind of going through this because I would have loved this checklist about a couple months ago. So then after the business license, which you renew every two years, you get that from the Department of Business and Professional Regulation. So like the DBPR, I think it's the same for every state. I don't know. But you get that. And then that's when I did the business tax application as well, which is what you were saying, the resale certificate. So you need that in order to resell like retail products because you have to be charging the sales tax. And in order to collect that, you have to have the certificate. So that and then um you also have to have a or wait no the resale certificate is so that when you buy oh wait I don't even know what I'm saying at this point but okay so like the tax you have to have a business tax license to pay your sales and use tax so when you collect that for me, it's 6.5%. When I collect that, I have to later pay that back to the IRS. So in order to collect the sales tax in the first place, you have to have a tax license. Then the resale certificate also helps for when you buy inventory. You shouldn't be paying like the retailer the sales tax if you're going to then charge other people on sales tax. So it's kind of confusing, but you have to have these licenses so that you can do the whole sales tax thing without being in trouble later 
<laughs> yes. And why don't we do this, Carly? Why don't we, since you, I know you wrote your whole checklist out, we'll also put it in the show notes so people can find these resources and names if you're forgetting as she's going, because it is oh, a lot yeah. of information. Yeah, for sure. I would like, yeah, if you're not around like a piece of paper or something, I'll, <laughs> we'll definitely leave you some notes. So um, after all the tax stuff, then I hired my accountant, which I probably should have hired my accountant before I figured all that stuff out. But regardless, I highly recommend getting an accountant because it's going to save you so much time in the long run. Like it, it is definitely an expense from the beginning. And but if you think about it, the main thing that I would focus on is you being the esthetician so you're not only taking on the role as the business owner now so you do have to kind of learn about all of this stuff but your main goal is to be an esthetician and focus on the services you're doing and your continuing education so worrying about how to figure out how to be an accountant in the mix of all of this and how to exactly do your taxes and everything it's going to take you a lot of time and you'll probably get really frustrated so I recommend from the bat hiring some sort of accountant for either all of your bookkeeping or even if you just want them for your t- filing your taxes every year, something to help you because it'll take a lot more time out of your day to figure out how to do all of these things rather than pay somebody. And in that amount of time where you could be taking clients and making money for your business, you would be learning how to be an accountant essentially so yes. Tess, I'm sure you can like attest to this and we yes. were kind of talking about it earlier but it's like oh, gosh yeah I just want to spare anyone the absolute mania I went through this tax <laughs> season it was my first year as a business owner and you know I think it's tempting to try to figure things out ourselves but truly I hope you guys <laughs> just heard what Carly said you want to hire out for your weaknesses and you are the esthetician we are not accountants by trade and you know i i thought how hard can this whole tax thing be like how hard can quickbooks be it's just you know software and you hear all the time get quickbooks get quickbooks so i did and i'm trying to figure this thing out for myself you guys i almost threw my computer out the window there were several days out of the week that i was in tears and just you know so it's it's a big pressure to do your taxes especially as a business owner and to to be on track of your finances so i think i just felt that weight and was also just so confused by it all i wouldn't say numbers are my strong suit by any means and quickbooks itself is not user friendly it it takes you know a lot of customer support so i was spending hours and hours on the phone with support and you know eventually i just realized I need help. So if there was like one piece of advice I could give to somebody starting a business, it would be to just hire somebody off the bat, spare yourself the headache. It just, it's really a lot and you want things buttoned up in terms of your business. And yes, just like Carly said, 
that's money you can make back. Like that's time you can spend with clients, progressing your business, working on services that will eventually bring bring in more money. So taking those clients on for the first time is like bringing in, you know, possibly years and years of business. Do you really want to waste that to save a couple bucks, you know, on QuickBooks or on your taxes? I personally do not. And I am so relieved to now have my accountant and tax preparer. So two different people, they work within the same financial company, but they are my lifesavers. They're very, very nice people. And it is expensive, but I don't look at it as an expense or I don't look at it as expensive. I look at it as an expense that's necessary. Like I was telling you, Carly, kind of a necessary evil, but so, so worth it for your peace of mind. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think like being on your own and having your own business, it's like second nature to us to almost want to try to do all the things and be all the roles but you will drive yourself crazy and if we didn't get into this to be accountants so it's not like we have a passion to learn about it and figure it out like other things Mm -hmm. in your business yes you'll have to learn and figure them out but there are people who do this for a living and it's for a reason it's to help people like us and so you should really take advantage of their expertise and knowledge especially when it comes to legal stuff like Mm -hmm. I mean People outsource for many different things, whether it be like websites or social media, whatever. But when it comes to taxes and stuff that could possibly put your business in jeopardy, like you really don't want to skimp out on that. You kind of want to make sure you really have that in order for sure. Totally. And Carly and I were talking about this a little bit offline that, you know, it's tough because somebody maybe thinking, I don't know if I can afford to hire someone. And I struggle with, you know, saying this is something you have to have in place to be a business. But in my opinion, I kind of think it is. So I would suggest saving, you know, when you're thinking of starting your business and considering this aspect, nobody told me this, but consider the aspect of having an accountant or somebody to manage your financials be just Think of that just like purchasing stock, purchasing retail, purchasing all of your equipment and your room. To me, that financial side is so, so important. And the bonus side of that is being able to see the money coming in. And I think that brings a lot of, hopefully it brings a lot of relief and you know, more awareness. I think when you're aware of your money, you don't have as much fear because you see it in front of you. Like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually doing okay. This is what, where I can afford to spend more money and think of new ways to make my business even more, you know, smooth running. But to me, that's a very necessary expense. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Carly. Yeah, for sure. Because like, yeah, like you're saying, like, even my accountant, she puts together like a profit and loss paper for me every month. And it's just, I could do that on my own if I really wanted to. But my income comes from many different places besides just my treatment room. Like, a lot of estheticians have affiliate links like Glymed, like you do. And 
other skincare companies that I work with. And so it's really hard to keep that all in order and really figure out, okay, how much did I make this month? So she takes the time and makes that paper for me and we meet every month and we talk about it. So it's really important when you have a business to know your numbers and know what's coming in, what you're making a lot off of and what you're not making so much off of so that you can be better and be more successful. So such yeah. a great point. Or even cut out services if they're really not making you much money. You you might have in your head that they're super integral to your business, but you know maybe they're not once you really look at the numbers. And Carly, I wanted to ask, where did you or how did you find your accountant that you work with? Yeah, so Sola Salons actually does a super good job of giving you sort of a checklist. It's very vague because it's either hairdressers or estheticians working there. So it's not as detailed as I'm kind of going through, but they gave a suggestion for an accounting firm near me. So they just focus on small business accounting. And then I actually got in touch with the single accountant that I have now. So she works on her own and she helps me do all of that stuff. So I mean, if you do work in a salon suite, they might have connections for you. But also, you can even ask people in your area, especially whether it's a hairdresser, um, nail tech, esthetician, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt to ask because Mm -hmm. really everybody, most people use them at this point. But I think just asking around doesn't hurt for sure. Totally. Even asking family or friends, like I use my dad's accountant and he's not, you know, niche to aesthetics, but I found it, 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 that's a bonus. If you can find that, I think that's really cool, but it's not absolutely necessary. So if that's limiting you, you know, it doesn't hurt to find an accountant period, make thing, make sure things are buttoned up. If you need to change or hire somebody else down the line, that's totally fine. And at least you have all the books organized to pass on to the next person. Right. Yeah. Cause she does like my personal taxes too, as well as my business ones. So that's helpful. Cause I really wouldn't know the first place to start with all of that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, our talents are best invested in that sweet spot where we really feel comfortable within aesthetics. So yeah, all good. Okay. Anything else on your checklist? Yeah. So after I hired an accountant, I started then thinking about what specific services I wanted to offer because I knew that I also needed to get insurance. And in order to make sure I had the correct insurance coverage, I needed to have a good idea of what I wanted to do. So I kind of put my head down and I was thinking, I kept going back to the beginning of why I started my business and what my goals were. So then I can decide what services to kind of eliminate that I used to be doing and what services that I really wanted to keep on that aligned with me and my goal and what I wanted to provide to people. So I went through and I ended up deciding to bring on Hydrafacial again well, not again, but I used to offer hydrofacial at the place that I used to work at. And a lot of my clients were already familiar with it. It was a common service that I did. And I love the results, love the company. And so I knew that I had to start out with that. So I chose hydrofacial and then, of course, chemical peels, because that's super important for 
pigment, acne, so many different concerns. So peels, um, I got a ProCell micro-channeling device as well. So I wanted to continue with the micro-needling for scarring. And then I also wanted to continue with the acne boot camp. So all of these services play off of each other as well. So it's not like they're all for different people necessarily. It's like if somebody, if I see them for acne and we get them clear, oftentimes after that, you want to work on scarring and leftover pigments. So then you move on to deeper peels, um, the microneedling. And so that's why all of my services go together that I chose. And then of course, just brows have always been something fun for me. So I kept those two. And for my insurance, I found an agent for this. So I don't believe that I paid really extra for the agent himself. I They get like some sort of commission off of whatever insurance program you go with. So he just kind of helped me figure out exactly the right one that I needed. Because that's another thing too that you'll probably need help with, especially if you're offering a bunch of different services. It is so hard to figure out it felt like taxes for me I'm like I don't even know what to do like I don't want to get in trouble if something happened and I'm not covered for it so that's why I got an agent for that too and I just found him from googling like insurance agents near me pretty much and I've never even met him it was all like over the phone so he's just an hour away but yeah definitely get some help with that but really what you need is professional and general liability insurance and if you have like a expensive machine or if you're not renting a salon suite you'll need property insurance as well so the professional covers the specific services that you're offering and then the general liability is pretty much the same for any spa owner so it covers like if somebody were to fall or like if I don't know, one of your tiles fell out of the roof and hit them in the head, like random stuff like that. And then, yeah, yeah. And then the property is what I got for like my hydrofacial device so that in case anything happened to that and like expensive equipment that you have. So I got it through, it's called the Professional Program Insurance Brokerage. So PPIB, it's a very common insurance um, like company for estheticians to work with. So I feel like it's a good one. Yeah, and the agent helped too, because he kind of allowed us to compare different ones together, because every insurance company has different rates. And so you want to go with what's most affordable and what makes sense for your business. So that helped a lot. And then of course, after that, I, after I decided on my services, I had to decide on what product lines I was going to use as well, which was the most difficult part for me because at my previous job, I had worked with a few different brands that I really, really loved. But then of course, going on your own, you don't, you may not have like a medical director off the bat, which is what the situation was for me. And so a lot of brands, like I used to work with Skin Better and is clinical and they require a medical director. So I was like, okay, well, what makes sense for me right now? And so I found Glymed, which I've heard for years, like just from following people about how amazing it was, but I had never tried it. And so I went on their site and I signed up for an account and I ordered a bunch of different stuff I thought would be good. And so I, of course, tried it out for 
like a little while before I decided I was going to bring it on. And I remember talking to you about this too at the very beginning. I was like, what's mm-hmm. good from Glymed? Like I had yeah. no idea. But now, I know. It's yeah. so confusing at first because, I mean, they really have a lot of skews. So it can be overwhelming. But once you're kind of in, in the Glymed world, you start to pick it up pretty fast. Oh, yeah. And like you'll find your favorites too. And I think that's the yes. best advice I can give as far as bringing on product lines is not every product line is going to have the best of everything. Like you have to choose product lines, not only based off of what your clientele needs, but also what just choose a couple of the best from each brand that you're bringing on and fill in the gaps in like what you need. So for example, Glymed, I love their stuff for anti-aging and just, I don't even know, like maintenance, I would say it's, it covers a lot, big part of your clientele like it has pretty much anything for everybody so I love that about them but then as far as like retinols I knew that Jan Marini had like amazing retinols and her technology is just awesome and so that's originally why I decided to bring Jan Marini on too because she's very results driven the quality is just amazing and I personally hadn't heard too, too much about Glymed's retinols, but I knew that I wanted kind of the stars for everything. So that's why I brought on Gian Marini. And then, of course, after that, I discovered all the other things that she has and I've brought them in too. But I think just starting off with what you know are the best and then going from there. And then for acne, I found what helps for my clients a lot is face reality and It's amazing for estheticians too, because it really teaches you their training is very extensive before you can even purchase anything from them. So they walk you through what they call acne boot camp. And so it's a program that you put your clients on and it addresses lifestyle factors, foods, birth controls, like supplements, so many different things to help educate your clients and just information that you can send them home with too I've found really helpful because acne is tough you have to really look at the whole picture and I know Tess you're amazing at that so I've found it super helpful for when you're starting out to have a product line that's going to really educate you so that's why I chose those three and those are the three brands that I work with super strong lines I love yeah. those I'm curious about face realities boot camp too I mean I hear such great things but yeah I think those are are great tips like Carly said you really want to try things out for yourself and get a sense for what what's unique about each line that you're bringing in and what will it offer that you can't get from others so I think that's a super smart way to go about it Carly and I love that little trifecta yeah it's definitely been amazing because I have quite a like a range of clientele I would say because we're in southwest Florida here so there is a, a bit of an older population which is fun and a lot of sun damage and everything so that's why I knew Jan Marini would be great and then of course acne is just I feel like almost an epidemic at this point around everywhere and so I knew that I would continue to have clients with that struggle and so face reality was a no-brainer for me but of course other brands have amazing stuff for acne too I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is like 
maybe you're thinking that only one brand helps and you have to stick to that. But really, it's about just learning and everything's changing every day in the aesthetics world. Like there's going to be a new product every day. There's going to be something, a new education tip that comes out and you're going to be like, whoa, I never knew that. But I think finding what works for your clients and that's really all that matters. You don't have to have every single brand that every other esthetician has. It's just what you find Mm -hmm. that works because I was so overwhelmed with that at first. Yes. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I would actually encourage estheticians to, you know, look at, look at what other people are, are doing and, you know, look at the popular lines that are out there, but don't be afraid to find some gems. Like when I, I mean, I wanted to bring on Jan Marini just because of our interviews and how, how intelligent she is. And it just really shines through in every product she makes. She knows it inside and out. And, you know, from there, that was encouraging to look into the line, but don't feel like you have to bring on something just because, you know, everyone else you see on Instagram is carrying it. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like ingredients, they are duplicated in many different product lines out there. Of course, the formulation matters too, but it's not like you can't clear someone's skin up if you don't have face reality, like you can. And so just mainly going off of product lines for their education that they could provide you kind of is the best route to start with, I think. And then you can learn more about the specific things they offer and venture out and try all the things. But I think starting out with what they can offer you as a professional is the best way to start. So, yeah. And then after that, this is like I don't know. I feel like we're jumping around, but really. (laughs) So after I chose my products, then I had to decide which point of sale system I was going to use. And this was so tough for me. I wish I wouldn't have been so stressed about it from the beginning, but I kept going back and forth like Vigaro, Square, Gloss Genius. I didn't know what to choose. And so I ended up going with Square, which has been really straightforward for me and helpful. I'm glad I did. I used to use Begaro at my old job. So I was familiar with it, but I think all of them just have different things to offer. So Googling will be your best bet with that. But highly recommend Square for small businesses starting off because they're subscription rates aren't astronomically expensive and they provide a lot. So I like Square, but again, personal preference. I was going to ask Carly, are there subscriptions you can try for these uh, services or do you just kind (laughs) of, is it you just kind of take the plunge and and purchase, you know, maybe a year's worth or how does it work for the point of sale? Yeah, so I know they gave me like a free trial. I don't remember if it was for a month or a week, but at that point I wasn't even open. So it wasn't like I was really trying it yet, but it it allowed me the chance to kind of go in and see what kind of features it has. Same with Vigaro. And um, then after that, now it's monthly. I think it's like $26 a month or something. And then you can add on like email and text marketing too, which is what I like about Square. So they have like different things depending on how big your business is or what you need. But I know Vagaro is more a la carte, like as far as what 
features you can have. So it ended up coming out to be a little bit more expensive, but I know some people really like that one too. So I've used both and I'd say Square's my personal favorite right now. Um, And then uh, after that, I did, of course, had to figure out what policies I was going to have because that's Mm. so important at first. Good topic. Yeah. So you want to set yourself up to be successful from the beginning. So you have to think about all these little tiny things. You might drive yourself crazy, but it'll be so worth it down the line because you have to protect yourself. And at the end of the day, you're a business. And I know like, I know this is tough for me, especially because I treat all of my clients like they're my family, like they're my friends. And so setting these boundaries and policies can be a little bit hard to stick to. But if you have them from the start, it's definitely a lot easier. So no show Mm -hmm. policies, um, late policies, late cancellation policies, you really should set those up from the get go so that you're not surprising people later on. And they just know they have the expectation from the beginning. And I think people will respect you and your business a lot more if you inform them of those policies before they're even able to book with you too. Yeah. So Carly, how do you, how do you do that? Do you just make it clear on your website? Is there messaging that goes out to your clients? Do you have a conversation with them? How do you inform your clients about your policies? Yeah. So on my website, it has all my policies on there, but also whenever you go to book on Square, it'll kind of have a little box that'll say check this to agree to the cancellation policy and stuff and it'll detail that as well so it's in many different places so it's on the website on square and then also in my confirmation email for the appointment it's on there and my intake form so it's in many different places because I want to make sure people do see it before they come in and they're not like oh I never saw that like you have to at least check you had to have checked one box by the time you end up in the treatment room. So you'd help. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can I ask, have you had any, I guess, challenges with clients fighting you on policies? No, which is so good. And I, good. <laughs> I'm not trying to like, speak yeah, we're not manifesting that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been really good. Like even if somebody has a late cancellation, they understand that that's my policy. And I think if your clients do respect you, then it shouldn't be a problem. And if they understand why you're doing it, it also helps. It's not like we're trying to rob people of their money. Like this is our time. And if if they don't show up, then we're missing out. And that's just, you're, you're a business. You're not like a friend in that situation. So you kind of just have to have that respect for yourself. It's definitely not easy sometimes to tell people, but just don't put your emotions into it and just say it very professionally. And honestly, everyone that I've had to say it to understands. So it's not terrible, but I know it can be very tough. It's scary at first. I think you know, I mean, it never is fun to say, you know, I'm sorry, I have to charge your card. I think people might think, you know, we're like, woohoo, here I am charging the card. But yeah, it never feels great. But I think it does get easier as you go. And like Carly said, perfect advice, take the emotion out of it, just be polite and straightforward. And if ultimately, somebody can't respect that they're not the client for you. 
Yeah, exactly. And Square honestly does it for me. So it's not. Oh, good. Yeah. So a lot of times, like if somebody no showed, which hasn't happened yet, if somebody no showed, Square would automatically charge the card. So it's not like I have to ask them for their credit card number later or anything. It it just automatically happens. So Mm -hmm. that makes it a lot easier too. It's like an automated message that they get. And it's not me like saying, hey, um, (laughs) you didn't show up. So, I like that. That's mm-hmm. easy because then you're almost just saying, oh, sorry. Like it's just – well, not sorry. We're not sorry for <laughs> yeah. enforcing our policies, but it is just the system, you know, and it's what happens when you no-show. So love yeah. that. That's cool. This episode is in partnership with Gloss Genius. Made for salons and spas, Gloss Genius is the only business management and payments platform that makes it easy to grow revenue and enhance the client experience, which we are all about here on The Treatment Room. From a beautiful online booking site to powerful marketing tools and low payment processing rates, Gloss Genius empowers you to run your full salon or spa in a stylish and smart way while feeling supported at every step. For 50% off for two months, go to glossgenius.com slash signup and enter code TTRSPRING or check the show notes for details. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, for sure. And then um, aside, and then I did my consent forms too. So Square specifically, I know some booking apps, they have forms that are built in that automatically get sent to your clients. But this was kind of tough for me at first. And I know I was talking to so many estheticians about it too. And we were all kind of stuck. And everyone has their own methods when you work with Square as far as intake forms go. But I use a website called JotForm. And so that I made all my intake forms from scratch on there, or you can use templates or whatever. It's a pretty easy system to use. And I created a consent form and then I just attached that to the automated square confirmation email that everybody gets. So then they can click on the intake form whenever they get their appointment confirmed and they'll just fill out the form before they even see me. That way I kind of have an idea of what they're looking for. And it again has my policies on there too. And I can get all of their information so that it doesn't waste too much time when we're actually sitting down together. That way the consultation can be a little bit more smooth and I don't have to worry about forgetting to ask them anything because I'm very thorough with that. (laughs) I'm sure you are. Yeah, you're so thorough. And I feel like that's great too, Carly, because then in your consultations, they can be a little bit less superficial and you can kind of get that intake information, you know, out of the way and then focus on more important things in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Because I think a lot of times people get uncomfortable when certain medications are brought up maybe, or even health concerns that they're dealing with and they don't really want to tell you and they don't understand the importance of it for skincare. Cause skincare seems like such a superficial thing, but really it is so deeply connected with your body. And so it, having it online where they could just sit by themselves and fill it out and I'll see it later is I feel like I get more honest information out of people that way too. So after I did all of this not so fun stuff is when then I started I started focusing more on like the marketing aspect, the branding. Um, so I got in contact with a girl. Her name's Ginger. She's amazing. And she lives near me and she is 
a young business owner too. So she does branding for small businesses. And I had her help me make my logo and kind of bring my branding colors together and put my vision to life and help me because I think it's so important to start off with a certain theme and what aligns with you, um, whether it be a select few fonts that you use on all of your social media and your website, and then the same with colors too, because you don't want to be posting like a lime green picture one day with some crazy writing and then like pink the next. You kind of want to keep it all together so that when people see things, they know it's from you and they'll be like, oh, like Carly posted this and then they're not just going to continue scrolling. So I think yeah, setting that from the beginning. And I know your stuff is awesome too. Like you have all the blue and brown and tan. Oh, thanks. It's like thanks. the best combo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> neutrals. <laughs> yes, I love neutrals. I know so, you yeah. do. Yeah, no, that's such a good point, Carly. And I feel like it can be really tempting to, I mean, there are tools like Canva that are free and they're great, but I think it's such money well spent to hire somebody. It's such a strong professional resource and just similar to the accounting situation, maybe not as dire, but it really speaks volumes and tells a story and, and gives a sense of professionalism that you value your business. You're willing to invest in it because you see the importance of, you know, the messaging you portray to the world. So yeah, there are so many different, you know, types of designers. I think you can find somebody who may be able to work within a certain budget or you can really go all out if you want to but I I agree Carly I think that's such an important facet of the business because all of this other stuff you know the the licenses and whatnot people don't see those of course you need them but you know what they're looking at is the overall branding yeah for sure. And it definitely will attract the right people to you too. And people who align with you. Like I found, I feel like all of my clients are people who I would find as friends, which is crazy. And I'm grateful for that. But I think it does have a lot to do with the way I initially put myself out there from the beginning. So yeah, having that website, it, I mean, off the bat, I know it can be expensive to have somebody design a whole website for you. So if that's not in the cards for you at the beginning, that's okay. But I would definitely have somewhere that people can land aside from just your square booking system so that they can kind of see what your mission is and maybe read a little blurb about you with your picture and then some before and afters. You want to have something else out there besides just your Instagram page because people can then Google you and find you and so many different things. Yep. And I think people do do subconsciously, you know, feel a website adds to your legitimacy. I, I actually didn't have one when I first started. I mean, you know, it was quarantine and my business happened very organically. So I didn't have the website in place first thing. I took some time and I was able to use the money I was making and invest back in the business, which is something I highly recommend. 
But once you can afford to do it, I think it does take your business to the next level and it saves you time instead of having to reiterate, you know, your policies and what you offer. You can just simply send out a link, you know, when people ask and you can say, this is where you can book. This is where you can read more. This is where you can see my services. And I think it tells people this is a business, not just an Instagram account, you know? Yes, definitely. And I'm sure... I feel like we've talked about this so many times, but you'll notice too, a lot of people don't like to really look for the information. They like to ask you first because it just seems like the easier thing. And so having somewhere to refer them to and just send them like a link, like here's all about hydrofacial and here's the pricing and everything. That way you don't have to retype a whole paragraph describing exactly what your facial entails like that takes a lot of time and effort so having it all out there at once really helps because you will get a lot of questions like how much is this or you know little things so and you don't want those to be like piling up in your dms for weeks because then you could miss out on a client booking because you didn't answer them and so you just want to be able to quickly send them a link and direct them to more information then they'll have a place to even book with you on there too possibly so i think it's really helpful Yes. And then it's like in writing, here is my prices. It's not a negotiation. Mm -hmm. We're not bartering. We're not going back and (laughs) forth. It is literally set in stone on the website. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. I swear. Like, I don't know what it is with this industry. I feel like, I feel like it's just viewed a certain way. I guess that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like it takes a lot for people to respect you. And so I I do think having like the credibility of a legit website and everything does help at least. I feel like all the clients that I've attracted do really respect me and it's not like I think the hardest part is if you have a business and someone books a service with you and they don't really know what they're walking into and you feel like you almost have to convince them that like your service is worth their money almost and that you are worth it. But if they know you beforehand, they know the quality of what they're paying for and they know that they really want to have X, Y, and Z done by you. So you don't have to do all the convincing. They already find you reliable and they're willing to spend their money with you because it's a big investment and it's it feels so much better to not have to like tell somebody all about who you are and what you want to do for them because they already know walking into it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would echo that and say, you know, to really stick to your, your prices, since we're talking about that a little bit, once you do decide on them, doesn't mean you can't change them, but I would not go back and forth with people or, you know, Carly, I'm sure you had this experience of, you know, friends and family who see you as a friend or yes. a family member first. It can be difficult when those people come to you, you know, expecting a discount or asking it in other words, but basically wanting a discount. Um, so it's really sticking to those prices, I think, and standing in your worth will communicate that 
you you feel strong in your worth and you're not compromising just because somebody asked the question or you know asked you to do it for less money it does not mean you have to and i would really encourage everyone to keep the same prices across the board mm-hmm. and that will really show you who is who is truly there to support you versus just you know trying to get a discount which isn't actually supporting your business yes that is a hundred percent true. Like I struggle with that so much. Sometimes even now, like before, because my family has been so supportive with me and they always come in for treatments and stuff and because they like to, and they really know the importance of taking care of their skin now. And not once have they ever asked me or expected a discount, which I've been so thankful for. Like they're the ones that have tried to tell me, Carly, do not discount my service today. Like this is your job. You have to eat too. Like this isn't a hobby. And I think because like what we do is somewhat fun and just it's superficial. Like it seems like you're not really working, but this is how you're putting food on your table. Like you don't, you're, Your family members, if they have jobs, they don't go to work and hope maybe they get paid that hour. Like, it's your time. And if you're going to be doing a family or friend, they're taking up just as much time as it would take for you to do a complete stranger. And so they, if they do support you and they understand your business, they will want to definitely pay the full price and never feel like pressured into giving discounts and stuff either, because you're kind of then sending the message that your service isn't worth the full amount. And I think what we do is worth every dime if you're doing it right. And we set these prices not just to rob people of their money by any means. We set them even just to make enough, like, for what we're giving. You know, I think a lot of times our stuff is worth a lot more than we even do charge. So discounting even further is just you're robbing yourself of, like, your livelihood. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. And you know, all these things we are talking about, an accountant, marketing, you know, setting up your space and investing in retail. These are all expensive things. So people may see, you know, a certain price and think, oh, that's expensive for the treatment, but they may not know all that goes into the business. Only mm-hmm. only you do, really. So yeah, that's where it's up to you to decide on what price is right and stick to it. Yeah. And something interesting I've found too is like, I, of course, when you're at first building a clientele and if you're working at a spa that's not yours, you may need to take advantage of like little promotions or sales or whatever to bring people in the door. But honestly, since I opened my doors, I have not done one promotion or discount on services at all. Like aside from just Glymed, like the sales that they have online. I have not done anything. So, and I have had the luxury of being fully booked already. And so it just goes to show people, if they find value in you, they will pay the price. You don't need to necessarily bring people in with discounts. Just bring them in by educating them online on your Instagram and marketing and showing them who you are and why you're necessarily worth it, I guess. And the the people will come. I think the discounts kind of, bring in one-time clients and you don't want to attract those kind of people because yeah, you won't build books by doing discounts all the time because then they'll be looking for a discount next time. And they're not then 
yeah, so like they're not looking for necessarily a result and a service for me. They're looking for the cheapest place around town. And if you really value yourself and your business, I think sticking your prices and not doing that off the bat would be really helpful. But of course, like if you're in a rut and things are slow, then think about doing something like that. But don't shortchange yourself from the beginning because people mm-hmm. will expect that yes. time and time again. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Whatever discount you, you know, offer, think about am I willing to offer this for yes. the rest of the time I'm working with somebody? And that's the thing that's tricky with family too. It's so tempting to give them a discount or give them extra time, but just know that becomes the standard, you know really forever and they probably will continue to come back and then you're going to be kicking yourself later because you know you've overextended yourself and you've compromised somewhere on your worth or a boundary yes and I think about this too how we buy products at a wholesale price when you're an esthetician so that you can make a profit off of it. And so it can be so tempting to, especially for family members and friends to say, okay, I'll give it to you at the price that I bought it for. Just pay me like whatever I paid for it. But you also have to think about you took the time to recommend the product for them. And you probably have take, took, taken the time to learn about their skin in some form or another to even know what to recommend for them and walk them through how to use it, what it is. And so that time that you spent and that effort you spent deserves to be compensated because you've gone to school for that and you've spent money educating yourself on that. And so you're not necessarily, they're not paying for necessarily the exchange in product. They're paying for all of the stuff that you've done to even have that knowledge in the first place. So think about that too. Yes, a thousand times yes. Could not agree more. It's it's your time, it's your expertise, and it's your energy, all of which are extremely valuable resources. Okay, Carly, I want to make sure we have a few minutes to do a little rapid fire question round. Yes. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. We got a lot of different questions for you. So... Okay. The first one is, you've touched on this a little bit, but how do you know when you're ready to go solo? Yeah. So definitely refer back to what I said about that, how you'll really never feel a hundred percent ready. I think, you know, you're ready whenever it's something that you think about a lot of the time. Like if you're thinking about it every day or maybe even every hour, like, should I own my own business? I really want to do that. I think you might be ready to take the next step because if that passion's there, you'll make it work. You will be successful if if there's no option for you to fail. I think you can mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's how you know you're ready is if you if you have the drive for it. Yes. And of course, the resources initially. It is an investment, mm-hmm. so definitely I'm not going to ignore the fact that you shouldn't have money saved up because that's another determining factor too of if you're really ready. So have some sort of a cushion for yourself and maybe try and map out what you think you might have to spend to open up how you would like to open up. And then of course you can build on it from there. But I think just having the drive and the passion and then also having physical resources of money to start off with, then you'll be in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love it. Okay. Someone asked, 
how can I do facials on clients if I don't have a bed or a private space? Oh, that's a good question. So I would say, I know there's so many regulations, like some people work in their house, but there's a lot of regulations that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I know you have to have a separate entrance or something and a bathroom designated for your business. It's so different in every area, but I know there's a lot of regulations with that. So I would say do it in your house maybe, but again, if you don't have like a private place, like the kind the, like the question asked, um, maybe virtually would be a good place to start, I think. Yeah. Instead of be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just recorded an episode talking more about this, but it was pretty amazing because, you know, of course we were all at home during quarantine when I started doing virtual consultations, but there was really no like upfront cost to do it. You know, um, I would recommend working with with certain brands so you have products that you're familiar with that you can recommend that hopefully drop ship and you'll want, you know, a way to connect with clients. You will probably want a resale certificate, but there are, there are ways to do it where you're not, you know, incurring a whole lot of expenses. So I think that can totally be a viable first option. Yeah, for sure. And I have to say, I know, Tess, you're so big on this because it's mainly the whole gist of your business is the fact that home care is the most important thing. And Mm -hmm. even me, I don't let people get treatments if they're not on a good regimen. Like I tell them that straight off the bat. If it's just not, it's not worth it for their time, their money and your time and your efforts because they're not going to get the right results. And so I always tell people, if you can't afford your service today with your home care, please get the home care. And I will, I always write down exactly how they use it and send them home with information. But I always tell them, come back whenever you're ready and you feel like you can invest in your treatments. Don't do it off the bat because you're Mm going to waste your money and it's just not worth it. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so virtual would not be a bad idea, especially to get comfortable with recommending things for people too if you're new. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of good skills you can learn about building relationships and prescribing home care and uh, just talking to people in general, I think is a big, you know, important aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next one is how much was your hydrofacial machine? Where do you buy it? So you get it from the hydrofacial website, which there's a lot of different hydro hydra facials around Ah, um hydro facial would be not so there's only one hydra facial brand and that's with an a and that's the signature device with so many different bells and whistles on it you're infusing serums into the skin but there's also hydro facial devices which are more on the affordable side but they are not technically hydrofacial so those are using usually water or different um, non-professional grade serums to infuse. So really all those machines are so kind of mishmashed in the industry, I feel like. Um, and it's really up to you, whatever you feel like makes sense for your business. Maybe you want to start off with not the actual hydrofacial device because it is quite the investment. Um, it is around like $35,000 for the hydrofacial device 
at least the one that I purchased was. They have a newer one now, and they have older models, and I think you can buy used models too, but um, they have financing options as well, if that's something okay, you're good. really, yeah, so it's not like you're buying a whole car up front. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there are financing options, but you'll find all that information by going to the actual Hydrofacial website and then just call the number or I think you maybe put your email in to say you're interested in it. And then someone from the company will contact you and walk you through what would be best for your business and how you want to go about paying for it. But yeah, it is definitely an investment at first. And if you're looking for the actual Hydra facial device, go directly to the company's website. That way you're not getting like Mm -hmm. a different knockoff device. Yeah. 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 Uh, Carly, can I ask about how many treatments would you say it would take to kind of pay it back or about what period of time would you say it's taken you to pay it back? Yeah. So I would say the best part about the hydrofacial device is that you will make your money back very quickly and tenfold the amount that you spent on it originally. It's not like something that'll take you years and years if you have a clientele for it. So the price ranges for the treatments are, I think the company likes you to range them between 150 to like 350. And there's different facials that are included depending on Mm -hmm. like the different modalities that are used in each one of them, but they kind of help you figure out pricing as well. You can't just kind of pick whatever you want. You have to stay within certain ranges. So if you're doing the higher end hydrofacial on maybe like 10 or so clients every month, that's like 10 times 300. So you're making a lot. And if your payment's only a couple thousand every month, it'll be very, very easy for you to make your money back. So, mm-hmm. and I would say 10 is a low number for how many hydrofacials you'll probably do with a fully booked schedule every month. So it happens pretty quickly. And I'd say it, even just like the name itself sells itself because people do know how great mm-hmm. it is. And so you don't have to do too much convincing and the results speak for themselves too. So I think it's just a really good investment if you are focused on results-driven skincare treatments. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And another question is, how do you know what's right for you, LLC versus sole proprietorship? That's a good question. So I am an LLC and that stands for limited liability company, which from my understanding, and I'm not really an expert on this, but from my understanding, your personal assets aren't at jeopardy if something were to like happen as far as business wise I think it keeps things a little bit Mm -hmm. more separate so Mm -hmm. that's why I initially chose that off the bat because I do have the desire in mind to eventually grow and I knew that eventually I'd need to be an LLC so I just started off that way in general and it made more sense for the type of services that I was offering they're just a bit more intense and more medical grade. And so I didn't want to have to deal with the liability aspect later on. I just started off with an LLC. But if you don't have like too much going on, as -hmm. far as like the intensity of your services, or I don't know, you just kind of have to decide what works for you and definitely use Google for sure. Because 
I, yeah. I'm not an expert on that, but that's just what worked for me at least. Yeah. And I think that's also, you know, a, a really important topic. And I think my advice would be to talk to your tax professional because they'll be able to advise and look at your finances. If if you're really not doing these types of more intensive treatments, if you're really small, you're not making a lot of money in the beginning, you don't have, you know, much of a clientele yet. I don't think it has to be the first thing for everyone. It's not like, you know, the business licenses Carly mentioned where it absolutely has to be in place for everyone. But I would I would talk to your tax professional so you can decide what's right for you because it's definitely going to depend on your individual situation. And mm-hmm. then lastly, we also touched on this a little bit, but Carly, how do you keep track of your taxes? Huge popular question. I know there's a lot of tax anxiety yes. out there. I feel like taxes are such this gray area where everyone kind of understands a little bit, but then you're always wondering in the back of your mind, what are you forgetting? And so that's why <laughs> having an accountant is the best way to do it. But yep. tracking your taxes, I would say, I mean, QuickBooks, tracks your income and what you're making and what you're buying and everything like that. But um, having a point of sale system, if you're selling product in person, you it will collect the tax for you in that way. But then paying your taxes is where my mm-hmm. accountant comes in. So you have like regular income tax, which is yearly, and then self-employment tax. Because if you're working for yourself, then your employer isn't taking out the social security and everything for you. You have to set that money aside yourself, Mm -hmm. which can be kind of difficult at first, honestly, and just scary because you make all this money and then half of it goes away and you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I thought I was doing so well, but then taxes roll around. So I think just having that aside from the beginning, like getting on a good schedule of portioning out your money and maybe putting it into like a savings so that when taxes roll around, you're not totally in shock and mm-hmm. you just kind of have that aside and forget about it. So yeah, it can definitely be shocking and just honestly terrible to look at every time. But, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. If you take nothing else away from this episode, it's that when it comes to money, if you're starting a business, hire a professional, hire an accountant. I can tell a lot of these questions are, you know, almost in anticipation of the event of having a business and trying to organize the finances. So what we're saying is if you bring someone on board off the bat, it will take that stress off your plate. And it'll just be one less thing you have to worry about. And, you know, they will help you to make sure you're walking through all the proper steps so you don't have to figure it out on your own. But that's why you do want that safety net. And that's such an important investment for your business. Yeah. Moral of the story, you're already (laughs) going to be driving yourself crazy at the beginning. So take Mm -hmm. some of the burden off of you. And even on your day to day, like, even as your business kind of picks up and it's not just everything starting out, it is going to be really stressful and it's hard to be a business owner. And honestly, it's not for everybody, I don't think. And it's just, you're taking on a lot of responsibility besides just being the esthetician. And I think that's the most difficult part about it. And 
having Mm -hmm. the energy to put toward all these different things. And for me, it's like, I almost feel like I'm, when I'm, when I don't have the energy and my cup is empty, I'm not able to provide people with the quality of service and even education that I'd like to, because I'm just so out of it by the end of Mm -hmm. the day. And so Mm -hmm. you really, I feel like outsourcing certain things are almost a form of self-care because you can't, you have to just, you know, you have to just know when to not do it yourself. I, I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm the type of person where I want to do everything myself and I think I can, and I think I can learn everything, but there's really no pride in that at the end of the day, because if you're totally exhausted, but you're doing everything, it's not really something that you're going to be certainly proud of. You're going to be more proud when you're happy and you're building a business and you feel like you have a life too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have systems to take care of these gray areas that are not your areas of expertise that will, that will honestly give you confidence. It will give back to you. And yeah, it's, it's a tough world to navigate. It's, it's why people go to school for, you know, (laughs) to prepare taxes and for accounting. It's not something you're just born knowing how to do. It's a whole job, just like what we do as estheticians as a job. So totally, totally agree that, you know, hiring out for your weaknesses is a form of self self care. (laughs) And yeah, could not, could not agree more, Carly. So wrapping up, I want to ask you if there's one piece of advice you could pass on to estheticians who look up to you and want to follow in your footsteps one day, what would that be? Well, that's a tough question. I would say, (laughs) um, I would say the main thing to take away is that you, number one, will never completely know how to do everything, especially when you're starting out. Um, And you're no less of an esthetician, you're no less of a business owner if you don't have it all figured out. And I can tell you firsthand, like, it, our job looks very, very glamorous, especially on social media, which it looked very glamorous to me before I even got in the industry. But when you're in it, you kind of know there's a lot that you don't know. And your day to day life doesn't look like your Instagram feed. And so just be prepared for that. And our job is definitely a rewarding one and a fun one if you do it right. But um, be prepared for all of the other things that come along with it. And don't feel bad if you don't have it all figured out, no matter how successful someone looks or how figured out you think mm-hmm. they may have it. it that's not mm-hmm. the case at all. We're all still learning every day. No one's a complete expert on everything. And just don't put too much pressure on yourself from the beginning because it's really never what it seems to look like, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yes. so just, you know, it can be easy to compare yourself to in the in this industry and everybody seems to be like successful and especially too mm-hmm. like when people have a lot of followers too. I mean, that doesn't necessarily correlate with how successful your business is. And yes. I could say I'm kind of proof of that because I'm not necessarily Instagram famous or anything, but I still have a solid clientele and really and not all the time do followers translate into clients. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind too. So just be you and people will come to you for you. Don't try and look into everybody else's life and business 
and mm-hmm. feel like you're behind because you will figure it out and you'll do what's right for you. So I think that's the best advice I could give is just to yes. kind of stay in your own little bubble and yeah. learn from people, yeah. but don't feel discouraged from what right. you don't know. Right. Yeah. Put your blinders on and and focus on what's in front of you. And I also want to say something else about Carly that I think is a huge strength is that if she doesn't have the answer to something, she will find a resource. She will find a way. She will research it. She will Google it and she will not take no for an answer. And I love that tenacity. And I think it's going to take you so far Carly, but yeah, just, just to anyone out there, if you feel like you don't have the answers, that's okay. When, when all of us start, we don't have these answers, but be relentless in trying to figure them out. You know, it's easy to be reliant on Instagram or, you know, just what you see in front of you, but try not to take no for an answer. And I think it really will pay off big, which is so, so clear with you, Carly. And I thank you so much for coming on the show. I just think you're great. And I tell you all the time, but you are cream rising to the top. And I'm so, so proud of you. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Yes. So, well, thank you so much too. That is so sweet. And I, I feel like... I don't know. It's almost like imposter syndrome. I feel weird that you even asked me to be on here, but you know, like that just goes to show like it's everybody is always going to feel like that. You're never going to feel like you're really ready for anything, but I thank you so (laughs) much for having me on here seriously. And you're amazing too. And I, I'm just so grateful to have you along with me in this journey because you've helped me so much. And Places to find me on social media would be my Instagram. So it's Skin with Carly. And then I have a TikTok, but honestly, I need to get better at it. I feel like I don't prioritize that. <laughs> but I've been that's so off the bandwagon, too. It's tough. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy for sure. Like if you're working all day, and then that's a whole other job, too. But, anyways, my TikTok's the same as my Instagram. So Skin with Carly. And yeah, and then my website's out there too, carlylaurenaesthetics.com if you ever wanted to look at it I and get inspiration or if you ever need help with anything, you can always reach out to me too. I'm an open book, so I'm here for you guys. I know how hard it can be. So I hope this definitely helped and can give you a little bit of a roadmap to follow. But yes. yeah. Yes. No, Carly, this has been so helpful and you've been so generous with the information. So I'm sure people will appreciate that resource and I'll be sure to link all of your social media and your website also in case anyone's listening and they want to book a service with you. So yeah, that'll all be listed in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a long one, but a great one. I couldn't cut it off. It was so, so good. So thanks so much, Carly. And thanks guys for listening. Yes, thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.